Welcome to Sharpen the Public, an NFL and sports gambling podcast made by bettors for bettors. This is and will be the only place that you can learn to leverage public betting trends to win more of your bets in the NFL. Have you ever wondered what it actually means when people say, hey, the public is on this side or the money is on this side? There's no context, but that's what we're here for, to provide context for those numbers. My name is DJ Bianco, and I'm your host of Sharpen the Public. Years ago, I started tracking the public betting numbers for every game in the NFL. I wanted to know, hey, if the public is 55% and the money is 65%, what does that mean? What are the trends for those numbers? If you've ever wondered that, then you've come to the right place. Every week, we're here to recap and preview the upcoming and previous weeks in the NFL. Let's dive into those trends. Welcome to Sharpen the Public. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to Sharpen the Public. As always, I'm your host, Deej, back again on our preview episode here for week nine. Crazy how fast we've gone through already half the season, but I'm back with Andy. Andy, you've had a couple bad weeks here, but I think it's time for you to get back on track just to push you out on blast just to start the episode. Uh, hello, DJ. Good to talk to you, too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, it's been tough. I was up. Uh, and doing really, really well, where I kind of may have touted it a little too hard, where I had four straight weeks of being in the green of two units or more, uh, or maybe it was three units or more, I can't remember, and I think it was two. And now I am down 12.7 units over the last two weeks. Not so, ideal. With, with two wins. You're due. That's two wins. what that means. You're due. You're yeah. due. That's two wins. Uh <laughs> Still 38, 33, and 2 on the season here as we near the halfway mark. Down 3.14. Not repeating, of course. That is 3.140. Um, not pi. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah, not pi. It's just uh, it's a it's a massacre. It's a bloodbath. It's not pi. Um, That's okay. But That's okay. I, in the most shocking turn of events ever, I don't like the slate this week. I kind of oh, like it. Oh, here you go. <laughs> I kind of like it, it. Personally, I, I, I'm i scared of it. I I thought I liked the last week, and it killed me. I mean, I ended up going 5-7 and seven thanks to a nice 2-0 and oh Monday night, but 3-7 and seven going out of Sunday was not not exciting. I loved the Niners. I, I wish I had more time to see that Trent Williams was out. I was very surprised to see the Bengals go in and win there. And then just it felt like a lot of the ball didn't bounce my way. But that's what happens in sports betting. you gotta got to take the punches, right? So... I'm a little nervous for this slate, but it's good to hear that you're excited about it. Uh, what's your? What do you think your favorite games here is? I, I, am excited to get to your your Colts game, but I'm I'm curious to hear what you think. I think it might be the Colts. Oh, truthfully, okay. to what be about, honest with you, and then? we're gonna, yeah, we're gonna talk about that when we get there because I know that you're not feeling the love that I'm feeling for my boys. Um, I'm also gonna be there. This will, uh, for how long I've been a Colts fan, how long I followed them. This will actually be the first time that I've ever seen them live, which is really cool. Really? I've, wow. Yeah, I've had tickets to see them live three t- three different times, and all three times I have gotten the flu. That's not a joke. That's so, crazy. I have two more days to stay healthy as we record this Thursday night. Okay, and you'll I be just, all right. I just had COVID two weeks ago, so I can't get the flu. That's how science works. Exactly. Yeah, you'll be fine. <laughs> That's exactly how it works. Biology is on your side going into this weekend. All right. I'm excited to get into this 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 episode though. I think the most recent episode of Sharpen the Public where I talked about the where we stand through week eight in twenty twenty three trend wise versus last year last year in twenty twenty two. 
was a really good episode. I think everyone should listen to it if you hadn't had the chance, but I'm going to run through a little bit of these these trends here before we get into the games as we usually do because that's what we're here to talk about. We're here to, to follow these public betting trends and and make sense of them. Andy, did you you got a chance to listen to the episode, right? So this should be I did. news to you, right? And just to brag on my partner here, I thought that was one of your best ones. I feel like he really gave a solid review of what we've kind of gone through with this data so far this season. I think it's important to maybe not every single episode, uh, but I think you've done a good job of that, but like kind of doing a halfway point check-in like you did where we're comparing and contrasting against last season, as well as like what we can take away now that we have a considerable sample size here at the halfway mark and what to expect. Um, I, I think too, like going off of what to expect, we should expect some of these shit teams, like one or two maybe to have a run. We always see that. And then there's going to be one or two teams that you really like that are solid so far this year that are going to collapse. It's just how it goes with the NFL. So um, if you've got any bold predictions, be sure to tweet them at us, at Sports and at Sports. who you think is going to be a big riser or a big faller as we hit this second half of the NFL regular season. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a really good point. And with that, I'm going to preface all of this with, with the general trends for 2023, and then I'll kind of relate to what happened in 2022 and we can talk about that before we get into it i know i deep dove it on the previous episode but just want to get that out before we talk about the public betting numbers for week nine so through this year through week eight the public is 63 and 53 10 games over 500 a 54 percent win percentage while in 2022 they were 10 games under 500 55 and 66 at a 45 percent win percentage so you're seeing a massive difference in how the public's betting this year and i don't know if it's because of the influx of betting or if it's just the way the things are falling over history to get the public back to probably around 500, assuming that they were below 500 coming into this year. It's just, it's just crazy to see a massive difference like that. And in the coming portions of this year, week nine, week 10 and and so forth and so on, I think they're going to fall back to 500. I thought that was going to happen last week, but it didn't. And they had a good week and I had a bad week. So it's really tough to, to mitigate, but, Interesting to see, nonetheless. Yeah, I also found that to be really interesting that there can be that big of a discrepancy from year to year for something that we feel is a bit more consistent like the public, but the public continues to surprise us this year. And I think you uh, drove it home tenfold that we are putting a stop to the narrative and we need to shout from the rooftops that you should not just blindly fade the public. <laughs> hence the episode, hence, hence the podcast. I, I I don't know if you caught this on my on the recap episode, but I think it'd be really funny to, to put a, like a line graph of the trend like the public did 54% like stocks like they went 54% yeah. one week 58% the next week and then dropped the 36 I think it'd be really interesting to see so look for, look out for that on happyhoursports.net I'm definitely going to try and put that together I think it'd be really funny I think you could definitely do that cool uh, moving into the money money is 61 and 55 and then I'll say the sharp as well sharp is 58 and 58 that's a 53% win percentage for the money and then 50% win percentage obviously for the sharps at even 2022, money went 53% and Sharp went 50% through halfway through the year. And it feels like they've been underperforming and they feel like they've been under, underperforming because they finished so far above those numbers. They both finished at 55% in 2022. So that's why I feel that they've been worse and we can expect a positive regression seeing that last year they did wet bad and now we can hopefully you know, expect that the money, the people that with the more money are betting more confidently now 
as they've seen eight games of data through all of these teams, right? So I think that that one makes sense where we can anticipate positive regression from both the money and sharp differential ATS wise. Totally agree. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And that was the big takeaway for me too, is um, just knowing that they are about to blow up here based on past precedents, I think is super important as we start to look into these lines for week nine and beyond. Yeah. And I'm hopefully expecting a positive regression from our sharp differential trends like the golden rule and, and Geico trend, because you look at 17 and 31 and 20 and 30, and that's nowhere near where we were last year, <laughs> finishing yeah. upwards of, you know, 74 and 49 and 78 and 43 ATS. So that's it's a little way off, but maybe we can get a big turnaround. Geico trend is dead, dude. It's all about the sharp unders. I'm, I'm investing. <laughs> the sharp unders are hitting heavy, and I'll get to those in a second as we move to totals now. Through eight weeks in 2023, the public is 27 and 41 betting overs, 28 and 20 betting unders. That's a 40% win percentage and a 58% win percentage. Looking into 2022, we saw the public on overs hit at 38%, so right around 40, and then the uh, 52% on unders. So they're overperforming on unders, a little underperforming on unders, but nothing or overs and nothing to be had there. The big takeaway, I think, from that and I talked about this last episode, is through this point in the season, we saw massive differences between the amount of public successes on the overs and public successes on the unders, and then the rest of the season, it kind of tailored off. When we see the public on the over, we can't always say, hey, this is going to go under now. I think Vegas has responded with such low totals now, and you're going to see a lot more overs through the rest of the year. And just to past president, we saw that. I think it was like 20 games over 500 for the public or 20 games under 500 for the public betting on the overs last season through eight weeks. And then it only finished like 27 games under 500. So a 20 games in the first half of the season versus seven massive difference there. So just keep that in mind as we, as we talk about all this data coming in the next couple of weeks. Yep. I'm with you. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, and then I'll, I don't think I need to talk about this through the the rest of the season or from last season, but money percentage on the under 41 and 31, sharp differential on the under 56 and 36, money percentage on the over 18 and 28, and sharp differential on the over 12 and 13 through this part in the year. The only one that really stands out, and I'll let Andy react to this, is the sharp differential on the under is 56 and 36 through this point in the season. It was basically that exact same number through that part in the season last year too. It was 50 and 29, 21 games above 500, and... 20 what are we 20 yeah 20 games 20. above 500 so it's just insane how well that hits and it finished at 107.77 last year so something that you can still expect to be positive by the end of the year yes absolutely that's one that i am looking for and enjoy as well as that special range you were talking about the sharp differential from five percent to twenty percent on yes. the under i think it's even yeah. more unique with with bets uh, a bit tighter of a window that you have to hit there, but we found last year, once you can find those unique windows, that's why we track them. Uh, it's exactly. extremely profitable. Profitable. What was the record on that? 5% to 20% sharp on the under again? That's a very good point. It's 33 and 13 between that range. And then across other ranges, you see 21 and 21 above 20% sharp differential and then 2 and 2 below 5%. So like, it's weird that it happens this way, but that's why we thought it was interesting to start tracking numbers like this because you see those numbers online and you're like uh, what does this mean like there's no context behind it now you can say whether you believe it or not that when it falls into this five to 19 percent sharp differential range and again sharp differential is the difference between the money on a bet and the and the public 
tickets on a bet, right? So say the money's 85, public is, or the tickets are 63, take 85 minus 63, it's 22% sharp differential towards whatever bet. And there's the context. It's 33 and 13 when it falls into that range. And we're working on ways to incorporate the number of bets into games and specific teams. And there's so many ways we can look at this data, but this is just the raw information that we we talk about before we <laughs> get into the games. You can check out happyhoursports.net for all the all the fun little tidbits as well. But that's it. That's 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 all of the information that we have before we get into these games. A lot of fun stuff to talk about, especially with so much data, like Andy said, large sample size of information. And it's a really nuanced and niche way to look at public betting data. But I think it's one of the most interesting things out there, especially since no one else is doing it. So Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think that I'm, I just am fired up that we're now at the point where we can start to draw takeaways. It's tough to do that at the beginning of the season. Uh, it's very easy to overreact. And I feel like we did a good job of not overreacting, not naming really any trends, but I think we got to start looking at naming some of these because the names we gave last year are having a really, really bad 2023, similar to how bad my last two weeks have been. <laughs> well, we'll look to turn that around. Hopefully we can look to turn the name ones around and maybe at some point we can have people tweet us and, and give us some cool names because... That's always a fun part, and definitely we love to engage with the community. So whether you're listening on YouTube or Spotify, check us out on Twitter or our website. We've got plenty of content and love to talk to you guys. That's awesome. But yeah, so I had a not so great week. I said that, but we're still doing fine on the on the year. I'm excited to get into this week nine slate despite it being a little bit ugly. So uh, we're going to start with the game in Frankfurt. Dolphins plus two at Chiefs. I say at Chiefs even though they play in Kansas or in Frankfurt, not in Kansas City. This is a tough one, Andy. I I want to lean Chiefs. I think there's a lot of reasons to back the Chiefs, especially because one thing that I found this during research is the Chiefs with Mahomes and Andy Reid have not lost back-to-back games since 2019. They lost against the Browns or the the uh, the Broncos last week in Denver. This is what scares me is this is Tyreek Hill's first game against the Chiefs since he's left, so he's going to have a vendetta. You've got the number one team in yards, which is the Dolphins, like yards per attempt versus the number two defense in yards per attempts. And recently, the Dolphins have not performed well, clearly, against the top teams like the Bills and Eagles. So this is why I lean Chiefs minus two or minus two and a half, whatever you see. The Chiefs come into this with 80% of the bets and 93% of the money, which also scares me. But we also talked about, hey, this is like the way it's going. You don't necessarily have to be scared of these type of numbers for the public. However, there's only 41,000 bets and it's Thursday. So lots to discuss here. It feels like one that you might, we might just have to pass on, although it, it's 9.30 and at prime time and everyone wants to bet it. So I love the Chiefs. I'll lean the Chiefs. I shouldn't say I love them. I think it's a tough spot to back the Dolphins, given their defense not being great and the Chiefs defense being one of the best we've seen from a Chiefs team in a while. I feel the opposite. I like the Dolphins in this spot. Uh, the Dolphins got into Germany on Monday, and the Chiefs either get in today or they got or they're going to get in tomorrow. I think yeah. that's a huge difference. We saw that be a huge difference in the London games, where Jacksonville had their extended stay uh, in front of both games, especially in the second uh, the second game against the Bills, and it was a huge advantage because the Bills got in super late into London and did not look the same. I get the whole back to back games piece. But also, the Chiefs did not go up against the number one. It's not very often the Chiefs go up against the number one, or yeah, I'll call them the number one offense in the NFL. The number one offense in the NFL uh, off of a loss. I think 
I'm not putting a ton of weight into the Tyree kill revenge thing. I think it's a funny storyline though. Yeah, but it is. It is. The stays in there where they're able to acclimate and stuff, as well as the Dolphins have really looked ahead to this game. Um, and I think that they are in a nice spot here where I cannot believe that everyone and their mother, so it's like 80% of the bets, 93% of the money with 41,000 bets is on the Chiefs, yet the spread moved. When I wrote my article uh, on Monday, the spread was two and a half and the spread is moving in favor or excuse me, yeah, in favor of the Dolphins. So I'm going to go ahead and lock in Wow. At plus money. Dolphins my line. Plus one fifteen, wow. I, I don't, think is the best I can find. I'm just doing that for a unit. I get the whole like Chiefs haven't lost back to back. Those Dolphins have looked shaky against good teams, right? The really good teams is where the Dolphins have struggled this year. I do think the Dolphins are starting to get guys back on defense. They've got Jalen Ramsey now. They've got a couple other guys back as well. Their defense has started to look better, which is really good news for them because that's been such a weak spot. In fact, after their week one victory. Mike McDaniel even said in the um, after the game, he was like, we just need you guys to get one stop for us in the game. And it's like, bro, what? <laughs> like, you need a couple more than that when you're going against a real team. That was against the Chargers. I mean, Jesus. But, yeah, uh, Dolphins money line for me, plus 115. That, what that, I that's need, what I'm rocking with. For what you. I need you to look at, though, is public is 71% of the bets on the over, and there's 85% of the money on the under. There are projected to be 17 to 18 to 19 mile an hour winds at kickoff here. So I love the under. <laughs> the total started at 52 and a half. It's dropped to 51 and now 50. So I I adore the under. I'm not going to take it right now just because I don't think I've looked at it enough. But I think this is just like one of those, oh, wake up, want to see points type of game. And Chiefs have a way better defense than people anticipate. You saw the Eagles defense hold the, the Dolphins to an under despite a lot of controversy. So I, I think there's is a good spot though, for the under. Like, is the Chiefs defense really that good? I, I don't know. They're two they allowed per attempt in the air, which is huge yeah, they in just, the NFL. They just looked at like absolute dog shit against the dip and against the Denver Broncos. Windy and cold divisional game. You can't, I think people are. Windy and cold Frankfurt game. <laughs> <laughs> Mahomes was injured or sick or whatever. Uh, you know, I think I think what you forgot to mention about this Dolphins Chiefs game is T- Travis is going to get another three or four days with Taylor Swift before he goes out <laughs> to Europe. So he's going to have a little more time to get. You know, he's be he'll be fine. I've been to Frankfurt. It's a beautiful city. I love it there, but I don't think it's a Taylor Swift city. No offense <laughs> to my friends in Frankfurt. I just don't find her traveling out with the team unless he really needs somebody to cuddle up with that entire plane ride there two days before the game while the Miami Dolphins are there practicing all week long in Germany. They're used to it. They're going to be ready. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of fields outside of the city they can go practice on. So Alrighty. give me the Dolphins <laughs> here. Plus 115 on the money line. I'm excited for this one. I'm glad that we finally get a – well, I guess I guess Bills and Jags on paper was a good one, but we didn't think of the Jags that highly back then. This so is definitely this the is best gonna one. going to be really right. good. Yeah, yeah, this is the best one for sure. We have sent them okay. our best. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, the, yeah, hopefully the Germans like us. Moving into Rams-Packers. rams packers rams Plus three in Lambeau Field. Packers have fifty-seven percent of the bets with sixty-four percent of the money. This is such. An, this is one of the reasons I think this slate is so ugly. This is an ugly game. The Packers should have beaten the Vikings, despite her cousins getting hurt. I don't. I, I get. I didn't get to watch it a lot, but 
I don't know how the Packers didn't cover that game. The Packers just don't look like a team that can put up points against anyone. Now you get the Rams team with all their injuries, and it, it, will Stafford play? I don't know. The Packers should not be favored against anyone, but it's like, how can you back this Rams team with no Matt Stafford? So I think I'd lean Packers just depending on what Stafford's status is. Uh, I like the under 99, 91% of the money, or 99% of the money, 91% of the bets. This is an ugly game for me. I, it might be a no touch, but I lean Packers. I also lean Packers here. I think it's really crazy that um, their GM came out this week and said that he can't back Jordan Love as the confirmed starter. He has a lot to prove the, the second half of the season. I know fantasy football does not determine all, especially in like the real football world, right? But he is the 13th ranked quarterback in fantasy this year, which is pretty wild to think about um, considering the lack of offensive weapons that he has. He's still able to make it happen with a wide receiver room that has nobody that is uh, older than a second-year wideout. Insanity. Right. So it's insane. I think that he's made do with what he's got, and he needs to get some more experience under his belt. I, I feel like I'm kind of similar to how I led the two Anon train. I feel like I'm leading the Jordan Love Anon train here. So um, I also lead Packers, and I think that the Rams defense has looked shaky. I think that, to your point, too, we're going to have to wait and see on Stafford. He's, he's probably not going to play. Like realistically, yeah, like, let's I, be, I don't think so. And if he doesn't play, time. <laughs> the only reason this team, this Rams team is good is because of Stafford. And without Stafford, I don't think they can put anything together. Despite McVeigh being that that guy, right? He's <laughs> he's nineteen and fifteen and two as an underdog. But I don't know what that is with. I mean, half that was Jared Goff and Stafford, right? So I, it's just a really tough spot for LA to come into Green Bay when. I don't know. I'm not in Green Bay media, but I'm sure the fans are fucking pissed. <laughs> they need to. They're going to come out and be loud and will this team to a win because they have not looked good at all. And you know, with Kirk down, the Lions are obviously probably going to win the division. But maybe they think they still have a chance. So, I, I it would take a lot for me to back the Rams without Stafford. Yeah, I might take backers right now. I can't believe I'm about to go. Yeah, I. Because if I do, you think this line's already accounting for Stafford being out? I that's what I don't know. Yes, I don't think you can get the Packers here. favorite. Out, I don't think you can get the Packers favorite otherwise, at all. Without okay, that's fair. Yeah, actually, that's fair. That's fair. I'm gonna I'll I'll sit, but I really heavily lead Packers here. I mean, but oh my god, everyone's just slamming the under already. Why wouldn't you? Like the, both Jordan <laughs> Love's can't put up points, and then you got Stetson Bennett throwing. I mean, Puka and. Cooper Cup can get theirs, but you need a quarterback that can get it to them. But it looked all right in uh, preseason, I thought. I know it's preseason, but still. I thought Stetson Bay probably knows what he's doing. All right. Yeah, he, he had some of the best options in the world at Georgia and all the support. So he's getting two of the best wide receiver options he can if he ends up playing. It could be interesting. Yeah, with that being said, I'll, I'll stay away as well. I'll stay away. The issue, though, uh, we're beating a dead horse here, but the uh, the issue then is your their offensive line is not great. They're, they've never been good in the trenches this year, and then if you give Stetson Benick, a young rookie quarterback, no time, it's like you put him in hell, and you give him no, no chances to get the ball out. But then again, you, Cooper Cup and Puka are very fast out of their out of their breaks, so it's like a really tough game and a really ugly one. I, like, I, I don't love it. I don't love either side, and I, I'm probably just going to stay away. Yeah, Daryl Henderson props could be interesting too. That'll be one I'm going to look at. <laughs> Daryl Henderson. Okay, moving to next one. I see Commanders plus three and a half in Foxborough. Patriots at fifty-seven percent of the bets, while the Commanders at fifty-four percent of the money, giving them an eleven percent sharp differential, which is interesting 
that the public likes the Pats here. I like the Pats too. However, what? Yeah, I know. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. <laughs> Believe me. I like the Pats too. And it's because the Commanders are, I don't know why. I'm very surprised the public is not the Commanders here because they just come off a great game against the Eagles. Commanders, for some reason, only look good against the Eagles. And Sam Howell figures out how to get the ball out quickly. The Eagles' defense, for whatever, cannot get to him, even though their defensive line looks amazing. The enemy figures out this Eagles' defense. And I think people are going to overreact to that, and we're going to see a lot of bets come in on the Commanders as the week progresses. I think this is one of those really ugly lines, like asking why or why the Patriots favored, why why at all or should we bet the like the 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 books want you to take the Commanders here, especially at plus three and a half. And I, I wouldn't say I love the Patriots, but I heavily lean them. And I'm this is interesting, Andy. Totals moved up, seventy five percent of the bets on the under, fifty five percent of the money on the over, and maybe I like that. Maybe I like that too. So, you know, the other point is is Belichick against a, a young quarterback, which is always good to see. So I like the Pats. It sounds like you like the Commanders, though. Yeah, I think this Pats defense is bad and banged up. I think that uh, Sam Howell is starting to improve too. He's getting, I believe, over two passing touchdowns a game or averaging that at least for the last few weeks now. And I think too... I know the commander sold hard on their defense, but Mac Jones can't figure out a, he can't figure out any defense in the NFL, much less one that is like at full strength with the commanders. I know that they Montez sweat and chase young are huge factors for that. And having them not having them there is going to be a major loss. I just don't think that they're selling that hard to where they're going to lose to the Patriots. I mean, who's to say the Patriots aren't going to start trying to purposely lose to get their quarterback in the future. I don't think it happens as much in the NFL as it does in the NBA, but this is an interesting one because either one of these teams, I think, could be... Whoever loses here is going to be trying to go for a uh, a good draft pick. I don't think that I don't think the, the commanders are too attached to Howell, even though he has looked improved the last few weeks. So I lead commanders, but to your point, uh, I'm not going to lock anything in just yet. No, it's, it's a I good wish point I got to three say... And a half. Three and a yeah. half, I would probably lock that in. It's, it's a good point to to bring up Chase Young and Montez Sweat because those are huge losses for the commander's defense. I think that's probably why you see a lot of the tickets on the Pats is all that news and saying, hey, the, their defense is gone now. That's why we're going to back the, pa- the Patriots. One thing I do want to say is, obviously, this is on we're recording on Thursday. This is not how the data will look on Sunday, but there's an 11% sharp differential towards the commanders. And I've talked about it on the previous, on the recap episodes, that we see an 18-6 and six ATS record between... 10 and 14% sharp differentials. And I expect that to continue to to regress towards 500, towards what we saw happen in 2022, which is uh, 26 and 19, seven games above 500. And it, it, it's 18 and six, it's 12 games above 500. It's gonna, I think it's gonna regress. So if, th- if things stay in those ranges, you know, 10 to 14% sharp differentials, like it did last week, it went one and two ATS, another number I'm gonna fade. And yes, it's fading. A sharp differential, which seems like not intuitive, but that's what the numbers show. We just <laughs> this is how this is how it works. So I'll be curious to see where the numbers lie on Sunday. But if things are looking like they're in the Patriots' favor, I, I might take them, despite it being a very very ugly bet. 
Yeah, I hope I don't have to watch any of that game. <laughs> yeah, I will. Uh, but again, I, 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 might, I, will. I might have to take the over. So we'll see. We'll see. Another game that I, uh, this slate is so ugly, but it's another game that I kind of like. No, this one's so juicy. This, Bucks this game plus is so three juicy, dude. In Houston, Houston getting 54% of the bets and 72% of the money. Total set at 40. I don't know if I said it, but Bucks plus three. I'll let, I'll let you start on this one, Andy. The reason I think this one's so interesting is I think either team that wins this could be a candidate, like I said at the beginning of the pod, 2B1 that kind of makes a run this second half of the season. Not that this game is going to indicate that they're going to make a run, but they're positioning themselves to do so. The Bucks have the Saints and Falcons above them in the division, both at four and four. So it's very, very, very achievable for them, for the Bucks to, as you predicted before the season started, to make a run and positionally lock in into that six or seven spot in the NFC playoffs. Because there's two spots that are ready to be uh, taken in the NFC playoff picture. I think that there's five teams that are locked in, but we're still missing two that could really be anybody's. And like that's why you saw the Vikings go out and trade for Josh Dobbs instead of trying to mail it in. Like They have an awesome right. chance for that spot. And when you're in that position, you don't mail it in and start tanking. You, sh- I mean, you should. Like, and th- I'm glad that they're doing that. It's It would be a bad precedent if as soon as the quarterback goes down, they give up when they had an asset that they could trade to go get Josh Dobbs and they're going to keep trying. Uh, anywho, the Texans, this just feels like such a nice little uh, bounce back spot for them after getting embarrassed in Carolina. I know that the Bucks defense is uh, better in a lot of areas than Carolina's defense in some ways. I I really, really like the Texans here. I I don't mind I don't mind the Bucks either, but I think this Texans team plays hard. I think the defense has steadily improved too. I know that they ended up losing to the Panthers, but they still contain a Panthers offense that had two weeks to prep for them to what was it, fifteen points? I, I think that this is an awesome shot for them. So I lean Texans. I'm not going to rip just yet, but the nice part is, I mean, if you're listening and it's still staying the same, there's some books where you can get bucks at plus three. There's some books where you can get Texans at minus two and a half. So with a lot of discrepancy in the market, depending on which way you like, uh, you could still get a half point edge depending on how you like it. <laughs> this is another game where we're going to be on opposite sides. I like the bucks. I think, I think this is a good spot for them to, I'll say, I'll say this first. I think, Baker I think boy. at this point, yeah, Baker <laughs> boy, for sure. I think at this point there is too much tape, and I said it last week uh, to for the Panthers over the Texans. There's a lot of tape on on Stroud now, and he doesn't necessarily have these weapons that are going to break out and and do crazy things. So once people figure out, once teams figure out the like Stroud in this offense, which they are starting to, and you know they're he's not looking as good as he did in the in the first half of the year, then you're gonna find this Texans team more regress to what they should be like the one of the bottom tier teams in the NFL and it's not nothing against CJ Stroud I think he's great I just think this is a very tough portion of the year for him to to bounce I'd say to continue what he did and you know throw however many passes it was without a without a pick so I love the Bucks here I think their defense is is sad enough to take on the Texans the Texans offensive line is 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 injury prone it's it's not looking great I'm surprised to see I mean I understand why the public and, and Texan and money love the Texans, I just don't get the Bucks hate. I think there's, at the beginning of the year, it was it was like this as well. I just don't think they're as bad as people think. What's interesting here is 69% of the bets on the over, 84% of the money. 
on the under, giving it a 53% sharp differential. We're seeing some massive sharp differentials towards totals, which is kind of wild. Um, Looks like you have a point. <laughs> I do. I do. This is a this is a big thing for me. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers rank 27th in the league in opponent completions per game, allowing 25.1 completions per game to opposing quarterbacks. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers rank 28th in opponent passing yards per game, allowing 256 passing yards a game. They've allowed 299 in their last three. I I just feel like C.J. Stroud is a good enough quarterback, even though he's a rookie. And I agree with the tape part, right? They do have, they do have the tape, but that it's not like the Texans aren't going to be prepping either. I know that's just such a shitty counterpoint to make, but the I think that the stats say it all, right? He's going to have some favorable matchups, and we've seen both Tank Dell and um, Nico Collins turn into really solid receivers for him. He's got Robert Woods there too. Like, really, really like this passing offense for the Texans, and that was why I picked them last week. I'm not going to shy away from that this week. I'm going to stay stick with, stick to my guns here that they have a really favorable matchup in the air, and I'm actually going to go ahead and lock it in. I'm going to lock in Texans minus two. Wow, nine. that's bold. But I mean, I I don't love the Bucks right now. I think it's a I like them. I think this is a great spot for them to to get a cover on the road, despite Baker not really being a road good road covering team or quarterback. I'm not gonna. I'll probably end up passing it on Sunday, despite. But we'll see where things end up. Uh, I don't love it. I'm I'm surprised that you love Texans that much to place it right now. But I mean, all power to you. You need to you need this to turn my around. Second, so yeah, it's my second week in a row going early on them instead of waiting till Sunday. But or no, I didn't necessarily go in on them. Early, I took the over last week with the same logic of that because I thought that the Panthers would put up some points too, and the Texans defense surprised. I mean, Panthers ultimately won, but they they contained the Panthers pretty nicely throughout that game. So uh, I doubted that Texans defense, and they're playing hard. I think that they should give Baker a hard time too because Baker's play was really solid the first few weeks, and it started to go down since then, in my opinion. But also, it, it's it's all about the who you play as well. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I think they've had a rough go facing you know, the Lions and, and some tough teams here. But moving on, we've got Cardinals plus 8.5 in Cleveland. Another ugly one. 91% yeah. of the bets on the Browns, 76% of the money on the Browns. <laughs> DJ. Oh, God. Oh, Jesus. No uh, no Josh Dobbs in, in Arizona. I think my only point before you can go ahead is I don't know what compels anyone to take the Cardinals in this spot. I am. I already did. I took. I took it on Monday. <laughs> we're I did. we're off again. You clearly didn't read my article. Oh my god! Um, <laughs> every one of their mothers betting the Browns because they're thinking the same way as you. You're the public right now. You're the public. You know what though? Public's winning. Public's winning right now. So doesn't mean it's that's bad. That's actually a compliment. That's a compliment. I don't give a shit who the quarterback is. The Browns are not as good lately um, against the run, and the Cardinals are really good rushing the ball this season. I think too that this is just this screams the week one matchup of Commanders and Cardinals for me, where everyone was like, "Oh my God, the Cardinals are shit!" Like, yeah, give me the um, give me the Commanders minus six or minus seven, whatever it was, and it ended up being a close game. Like this total says it too; it's a thirty-seven and a half total, and we're gonna dog at eight and a half. Like the Browns cannot trot out there with PJ Walker at quarterback again after how shit it's been and some of the poor decision-making by Kevin Stefanski, there's 
so many for every bad thing you can say about the Cardinals, I think there's ample things that you can say bad against uh the Browns too, besides the Browns defense. Actually, I, actually no, I'm gonna correct myself. The Browns defense has not been as good the last few weeks, too, compared to how hot the start was no. in the beginning of the season. So it has not. To your take but point, maybe it's maybe right that's the game, game thing. It's a hmm? get right game for them. It's a get right game for them for their defense. P.J. Walker, 7-2, seven seven and two ATS in his NFL career, covering the spread by 10.3 PPG, Andrew. That's you're talking fine. Bad about, you're talking bad about P.J. Walker, but he's 7-2 ATS. He's P.J. So Walker bad. teams have never lost a home game that he started, ever. They should have well, traded back for P.J. Walker. Should have traded back <laughs> for him. I mean, no, no, for, excuse me, for Josh Dobbs. Temple, Philadelphia King, P.J. Walker. Uh, that's all I'll say. Yeah, XFL legend or USFL, whatever league he came from. Um, yeah. I, I, I know love the Cardinals here, man. I wish that I got eight and a half. I got eight, so that's a r- bad CLV. But I had all the I had all the CLV in the world last week and got murdered, so it doesn't really matter. Right <laughs> it's one of those really ugly ones where, again, a part of the reason why I think the slate is so ugly, but Cardinals at Browns screams like, how can the Cardinals score points and if you take the last two games from the from the Browns defense out of it there's no way in hell you would back anything under 10 points for the Cardinals here especially with with uh, a backup quarterback and not necessarily backup but I guess it is a backup because Kyler Murray's out so I don't know I in tune yeah it's just disgusting I can't I cannot I cannot take Cardinals plus eight and a half if if I do anything it's Browns I might stay away like I said, this is a very ugly slate with crazy numbers. Like you're seeing, the public and money are heavy on some some sides here. So it's going to be a really interesting week come Sunday, and I'm curious to see how things change. Like if if people continue to come in on the Cardinals, if people continue to slam the Browns, it's going to be it's going to be weird. And <laughs> do you have any more points, or can I go to this next crazy one? I just wanted I just wanted to remember that you said if you take out the last two games for the Browns when we cover the Colts game because the Colts hung thirty eight on that Browns defense so I know let's just keep that in I mind know. this great Browns defense that the Colts hung thirty eight on um, when we before the Colts, the Colts game up too the Browns were having a historic defensive year and it wasn't like they were playing no one they were playing the Steelers and the and the Ravens and the and these good teams so. Sure. Yeah, that's yeah, all I'm saying. 26 to the Steelers, 28 to the Ravens. Ravens Who are those awesome. were defensive touchdowns. Like, let's let's chill. All right. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's fair. I, I, I'm telling you, dude, and I said this in my article as well, there's a lot more stats and insight that I gave into this play at happyrsports.net. Go find my article there. should be right on the homepage. There's a lot more that's gone into it, but it just really, really gives me the week one vibes of – Commanders and Cardinals, where everyone's just like, "Wow, the Cardinals suck," but the Cardinal, the Cardinals and Browns are both at 500 ATS this season. Like, it's not like either of them are covering spreads like Matt. They are both at 500. The Cardinals are four and four. The Browns are three, three and one. So, I'll go with the Cards with with a touchdown or more. I think that's an awesome spot for them. One thing that I'll that I will say that is interesting: the Cardinals are the only team this year that have not been bet by the public. <laughs> Doesn't look, course, like yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't look like they're going to be. Of course not. Doesn't look like it's going to be this this way this year or this game either. No. So. Oh God, no. <laughs> yeah, it's not. Everyone's slamming the Browns. Yeah, I think it's going to be hard to cover. You know, eight nine points too if if the total's so low. But I again another horrible game and moving to another horrible game. Bears plus eight and a half in New Orleans. 
69% of the bets on the Saints, 69% of the money on the Bears. Like, the the Saints just went out and scored however God knows how many points last week, and now they get to play the Bears defense at home. Everyone loves the Saints, yet the Bears actually look okay with, with Bajan at quarterback. Uh, I don't know. Is Fields back? He's not back. Uh, right? I know. Bajan, Bajan didn't look that amazing last week to me. I, he let me down against the Chargers defense. That was absolute dog shit in yeah. the Sunday night game. They put him... It, but I'm I'm glad that I unfortunately was not able to watch the game. I had to catch highlights, but it's good because I did not want to hear Chris Collinsworth just ramble about uh, Bajan. Yeah, you would have thought that like Bajan had cured cancer or something the way he probably talked about him. But I think with this game, it was a nice teaser spot for me. I'm just staying away from teasers this week because I'm owing three out of them in the last three weeks. I know it's you not like you, but yeah, it's not like you. I'm, I'm scared. I, I'm betting scared when it comes to teasers, but to the actual to the board itself, I'm loving it. But to teasers, I'm going to stay away for now, just because. To your point, this Saints, we don't really know what we're going to get with the Saints offense. You're either going to get like a, a, well, they're really good days or average for most, but an average day or a shit day. And with that being said, I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to go one way or the other on this one. I like. I like the Bears. I think. One of the reasons is because Derek Carr is just so bad at covering spreads. He is what he's he was a 17 29 and 2 as a favorite with the Raiders and now as a as a Saints favorite, he's 1 5 and 1 ATS. He hasn't had a year above 500 ATS since 2016. He's a terrible one of the I think he might be the worst in the last like 10 or 15 years quarterbacks to the spread. And you know, you're seeing the public stack on the Saints and that's because of the Chargers game against the Bears. This Bears team is not bad offensively, and yes, the Saints defense is good, and yes, Dennis Allen is that is that type of defensive coach. However, there are too many mistakes that the Saints make on offense to to win by more than a touchdown here. I think you have the Bears back door open. There's a lot of positive trends looking towards the uh, the Bears. Yeah, uh, are you gonna lock them in right now at eight and a half? <laughs> Am I gonna lock them in at eight and a half? Yeah. Why not? I'll take it. Give me All Bears right. plus oh. eight and a half. All right, it's your play. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna also lock it in officially, but I will put my money on it as soon as we're done here. I love it. Yeah, I need to take one, and I don't hate it. It's probably the game I don't hate the least at, at the, that we've talked about so far. That's a good way to look at the slate. This is the one I hate the least. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, it's so ugly. Bears, Saints, Cardinals, Browns, Bucks, Texans, and the numbers are tough. You don't have many, you don't have like any home dogs, which is something I love to back. It's rare. It's a weird, weird, weird um, week, especially, I mean, we just had 16 games last week and now we, what do we have? 13 now. So big differences. And I keep waiting for us to uh, preview the Colts game. And I keep remembering there were a four o'clock game because that hasn't happened for us to see. (laughs) (laughs) No one wants to watch the AFC South, man. Okay. You got the Jags and the Texans. That's the cream of the crop. And Will Levis. Yep. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> Fuck them all. Go Colts. Seahawks plus six in Baltimore. Fifty-six percent of the bets on the Ravens. Sixty-eight percent of the money on the Seahawks. This is a. This is tough, man. I love the Ravens, and I love them. The last two weeks, they've won me. They've kept me even, or, or relatively close to even. And this is a tough spot to back them with the Seahawks coming in as six-point dogs. The, game, the spread opened at three, and it's been bet all the way up to six. Yet the money's still on the Seahawks. Um, 
it feels weird. Feels very weird to me. The Ravens look like the best team in the NFL up there with the Eagles right now with the way that um, Lamar looks on offense. He looks incredibly efficient. They're running the ball really well. Say Flowers is looking great. Their defense is has taken over, I think, as the number one defense in the NFL. So I think this is a really difficult spot for Geno, who has looked really inconsistent of late, to come in to Baltimore and, and cover six points or cover a spread. However, I think this is large. I think six points is a lot for two good teams, two good offenses, and P. Carroll versus Harbaugh. This is like creme de la creme. The Seahawks could come and upset the Ravens here if they're not on their game, right? But they could also get blown out. So you saw, obviously, the Seahawks beat, beat the Lions in a, in a shootout. The Ravens just murdered the Lions. So it's it's kind of weird where I stand here. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I probably lean Seahawks plus six just because I think six is too many. I kind of like the under. And the reason being, I think both these defenses are really sound at what the other offenses do well, where I think Jamal Adams should be able to lock down, say, Flowers. And I think that uh, for the most part, the if Walker's able to get past this D-line that has some has a couple of issues but not too many for the Ravens um, at riding left end, I think that the linebackers will be able to shut him down. So I lean under here. And it's interesting that everyone's betting the over and the total's going down. So fine to be interesting. So well, I kind of want to take the under now in case it keeps going down, but I think I might wait and just see what happens. I know I did talk about how you know the public backing the overs is probably going to even out through the rest of the year, but it is three and fourteen when the public backs an over above seventy five or seventy percent, and right now the public's on the over eighty percent in this game. And it finished yeah. last year when 70%, 9 and 20. So 11 games under 500, and you're four and what did, what did I say? Four and 14. So 10 games under 500 now. Like it's still not great. <laughs> so I definitely lean the under, especially with so many bets on the over and it's moving down. It's a good sign to, uh, well, the Ravens defense is great and the Seahawks defense is going to have to prevent the Ravens from scoring and they love to run the ball. So it's, it's good under here. However, Six is so many, despite the Ravens looking so good. So we'll see where these things stand on Sunday. But this is one of the more interesting matchups of the week for sure. Yeah, I just I really like these defensive matchups that the Ravens are going to be able to get, as well as I just don't feel a ton of threat from the Ravens running game if you're not if your name isn't Lamar Jackson. So uh, Lamar's going to have to have a huge game if they're going to like blow them out as they've done to some teams. I feel like that's a pretty basic take, but I mean, it is what it is. It's it's Lamar fucking Jackson. So I lean it's under a, here. <laughs> it depends you, on what you... it, it depends on what Geno you get, though. Like he's looked so inconsistent. It looks like he can be the best quarterback, the MVP, comeback player of the year for two drives, and then he disappears for so long. Like it's like I uh, I don't know which version you're gonna get. And they're traveling across the country. You're getting the Ravens at home, and and they just need to keep winning. They they the Ravens are in a spot where they can. Get the number one seed if they want it, and you know they're gonna tr- they're gonna keep winning games. And I think this is a really tough spot for the Seahawks. However, six feels so much, and you're seeing it move a lot. So this is a weird one. I'm mean, I'm curious to see where things stand on Sunday. Yeah, me too. Me too. I'm definitely not gonna rip you now, but um, that was one I previously wanted to stay away from. But as we continue to talk about it, I really like the under for multiple reasons now, including your trends as well as. Some of these matchups I'm seeing. Next up, we have the Vikings traveling to Atlanta to take on the Falcons. 
Falcons are minus three and a half or minus four, depending on what book you are taking them on. And the total Deej opened up at 41 and a half, but it's now down to 37 and a half because 85% <laughs> of the bets and 87% of the money are on the under. I am interested to see how Taylor Heineke does in his first full start for the Falcons. He took over for Desmond Ritter midway through the game last week. And I'm also interested to see, is Josh Dobbs playing? I think he is. Yeah, I think he is. I, I think this I mean, is he, a... he did on short notice for the Cardinals, so why not for the Vikings? <laughs> yeah, I love the Vikings here. I think the I think people are going to overreact, and I'm surprised that only 51% of the bets are in the Falcons here. I'm surprised at that because I, I thought a lot of people would overreact to Heineke coming in for Ritter. It's not... I think Heineke's better than Ritter because I think Ritter's awful, but it's not like he's the greatest quarterback ever to come in. This is this is Josh Dobbs is, has played like a quarterback that at this point in the NFL with where we stand with quarterbacks, like he's probably top 20 and he's better than Heineke. He's looked better. He's took, taken a bad team to, to look really good. And I think he's got the weapons now. Jordan Addison, TJ Hawkinson, you know, Alexander Madison. He's got a great offense to to work with now as opposed to what he had in Arizona. So the Vikings are built to be a better team than the Falcons. And they I don't know if I can say they have the better quarterback because we haven't seen them either work with these teams. But I think this is a good spot for them as four and a half point dogs. Like this is a not a gift line, but I, I hate the Falcons right now. I, I don't think they should be favored by four by against anyone. Bro, I've hated them all season. That, that is not a secret. Um <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm a fan of fading them in this spot too. I know it's crazy with what's going on with this quarterback carousel, but getting three and a half or four on the Vikings seems really good. And I'm excited to see what this team can do because the other thing I, I, I do kind of like the under here and uh, just because of what's going on with these offenses and the Falcons defense, it slipped up recently, but it is still better than expected. And I just don't fully believe in this Falcons offense doing a ton of damage against the Vikings defense here. Even though the Vikings defense leaves a lot to be desired. Um, I think that's kind of where we're seeing a line is like there is a pretty, even though it's Taylor Heineke, it's a pretty big matchup discrepancy. And and to, to your point, I'd rather just fade the Falcons as well as um, side with the Vikings team that should be able to take advantage of that defense in some of the spots where it's susceptible. Yeah, it's going to be a, this will be interesting to watch to see how these teams react to new quarterbacks for sure, and maybe there's a lot up, up in the air. And one of the reasons I'm not betting it right now is because there is so much in the up, up in the air. But if the Falcons can get the ball moving with Bijan like they want to, you know, and not be limited at quarterback, then things can get scary. But even with Ritter at quarterback, they were still there were still a lot of issues fundamentally, and I think the Vikings can take advantage of that, especially with with Josh Dobbs at quarterback so we'll see how these things like play out for these two teams but if I bet it, it wouldn't be a lot you know half a unit or whatever but we'll see what people think come Sunday this is going to be a fun one to watch I think in this rough slate we're getting into a slew of a couple good games here and I'm excited about it moving into probably our biggest discrepancy between you and I Andy Colts minus two and a half in Carolina you're going Panthers 67% of the bets and 78% of the money yes do bring it on bring it on Keep doubting, DJ. I like the There's... Panthers. I, I like the Panthers. I think the Colts' offense is great. Your defense is terrible. It's it's got so many gaps. I think the Panthers are on the on an upswing. I think with 
I think you mentioned it last week with with the new uh, play calling that they're doing with a lot of movement and and more of what Bryce Young is used to. I think he's a lot more comfortable in this Panthers offense, and I think getting two and a half at home in a in a place like Carolina is, is great against this Colts offense with a backup quarterback. Yes, I think Shane Steichen is is got you guys to do great things with Gardner. However, I think this is a really tough spot for you guys to come in and beat the Panthers on a, on an upswing. Shane Steichen has gotten us to do things that nobody else in the league has been able to do. The Colts are the only team in the NFL to score 20 or more points in every single game this season. Yes, I one. think that is I think that is due to regress. The next closest is like uh I think it's Against the Vikings. Against the Panthers? <laughs> yeah. the Panthers? Yes, the I Panthers do. The Panthers had I two do. weeks. So the Panthers had two weeks to prep for CJ Stroud and the defense was able to pull it together. Also, the Panthers are much better against the pass than they are against the run. So they are able to contain CJ Stroud. And that was something I warned when I took the over last week was I am a little concerned about the matchup that CJ Stroud's going to get because the, surprisingly the Panthers are, even though they're allowing so many yards, a lot of those are on the ground. The Colts are a run first offense. They're so like they are so good at running the ball. They're a top five offense in so many categories running the ball. And the Panthers are a bottom five to bottom ten team in so many categories against the run. There's just so many paths for the Colts to be able to just run the ball out. And I don't know why the total is this high because I think the Colts are just going to keep run, 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 and then throw something to Josh Downs, who has been phenomenal this season for the Colts. And honestly, a godsend. I can't believe that he's starting to turn into wide receiver one over Pittman. Well, Pittman was never a one, as I said, but um, I've been previously quoted saying that many times. When he's so, like, Downs is so short. I think he's like five foot eight or five foot nine, and he's turned into a wide receiver one for us, which is hilarious. But he's a stud. I mean, he's a stud. He's a great option for when we need to pivot on offense. And I think that the Panthers, since they're not going to have as much time to prep uh, as they did to get two, they needed two weeks to beat the Texans on a game winning field goal that they got to try three times at the end of the game. <laughs> like, it, it's ridiculous that they were, they had to be given that at the end and then they and then they won like i'm happy for him it was awesome in charlotte everyone was fired up but like it's not happening again this week why would a team who's arguably the worst in the nfl get two wins in a row are you shitting me no way there's no way i know i know i know i know i love i i this is a game where the colts can easily come out and win but i think taking the panthers as a home dog is, is a great spot however the thing that i am going to take right now is the over 72 percent of the bets on the under 77 percent right. of the money the line has moved two points towards the over. That's massive. And I think if we stay in that low sharp differential towards the under, we'll see what happens on Sunday, is going to be great for us because aside from how good the sharp differential has been on the under, it's not great in these low spots. And the Colts defense had been very bad. They've allowed 38, 39, 37. There's just the, the Colts can easily come out and score 40 against this Panthers defense, yes, on the run, on the ground. However, I don't think they can hold anyone. And the way the Panthers' offense has looked recently, or at least last week, they look like they can put together an offense and put together points, especially against a bad defense in the Colts. So I, I like the, I love the over, and I'm going to take it right now. Eve, oh, official, 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 forty-three yes, and a half. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so I already took Colts minus two and a half in my article as an official play, and I listed out a lot of the reasons that I rambled off to you as well as some others. So be sure to check that out on happyhoursports.net. Um, you've made my jaw drop three times on this podcast. <laughs> argument. I feel like I'm like fucking Aiden Ross, just overreacting to everything. It's an but, ugly slate, Andy. I'm so... And we're going head-to-head on a lot, and I really like I it. I know. I really yeah. like it. I think it's fun. I know. 
It is fun. It's it's a good it's good banter. I wish I got to watch more of the games last week. I, I could have a little bit more, but I've I've done my fair amount of research. I think I think I think I'm in some good spots here. Moving to next slate, I see still in the four o'clock slate. Giants plus two going into Vegas. Vegas without their head coach Josh McDaniels. Praise the Lord. Thank God they finally made a decision. It looks like Devontae Adams is finally happy. This is <laughs> this is pure ecstasy for Raiders fans. Raiders coming in as two point favorites. 56% of the bets with 54% of the money on the on the Giants here. 10% sharp differential towards them. Total open to 39.5, moved to 37.5. 22% sharp differential towards the under. What do you think, Andy? This is, what do you think? I really like the Giants. I think the Giants are a candidate for me, uh, as I touched on at the beginning of the episode, to potentially have a strong second half of the season where they seemingly seem to be figuring it out a bit. The defense is looking pretty electric. Uh, Kayvon Thibodeau, who I tried to get cute with a couple props last season, if y'all remember, he's looking really good at times for this defense now in his second year. So second or third year, I can't remember. Um, and I I don't mind this spot for them on the money line. I'm probably not going to lock it in official, but I think that they can win this one outright. There should be a lot of Giants fans there too. I know that Vegas is a lot better about having fans, especially in their new stadium, uh, compared to the LA teams. But... I do think there will be a lot of Giants fans in attendance too just because it is Vegas and the Giants have such a big fan base. So it's not going to be the biggest home game for the Raiders paired with the style of play that the, well, the style of play is shit. Their offense is horrible. But the uh, recent play, I will say, about the Giants going up against a Raiders team that literally just got a massive facelift. I don't think you can just do a huge facelift and then go in and win the next game. But, uh, hey, Pretty sure the Colts did it with Jeff Saturday, and that was his only win for the Colts when they did that shit last year. So maybe the Raiders will try to replicate that since they reinstalled a brand new coach, brand new GM, and brand new quarterback all in one week. <laughs> Are you aware that the Giants had negative nine passing yards last week? I am. <laughs> you like them in this spot? I am. I am. <laughs> uh this is an ugly, ugly game, I think, especially with there's so many changes on both sides. They're getting Daniel Jones back, which is good for the Giants. Obviously, with everything that's happened in, in Vegas, there's so many things question marking that offense and that defense. I think they finally figured out a little bit. They didn't do it in the in the game a lot, but you saw the Raiders kind of figure out how to use Josh Jacobs, and he had like 60 yards or 40 yards on a on a, on a drive, and they scored a touchdown with him last week on what what it was it Sunday night or Monday night and it looked like they knew what they were doing but then they went to throwing the ball and Garoppolo missed Devontae Adams several times and they ended up losing the game this Raiders team is built to win however they just have they're not executing at all I don't know if I I, I, don't, I wouldn't be able to back the Giants here on the road I think this is I mean I'm probably the public again I, I know you're getting Daniel Jones back and I think the Giants defenses look pretty good of late I just don't know if you're gonna unlock the 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 Raiders offense with with McDaniel's gone. Like he has been such a bad coach for them. I I, I might just have to stay away because I don't know what's gonna happen without him. I love the under. Both of these teams are huge to the under. You're seeing the public on the over for God knows what reason, and then 66 percent of the money towards the under. So if I do anything, it'll definitely be that that under. The Raiders team total under is eight no this season. The Giants are seven and one to the under. A lot of, lot of good reasons to, to to back the under here. However, I don't know if I can take the Giants. It, it just feels very, very ugly. 
Yeah, I, I'm not going to lock them in just yet, but I, I do lean them. I just think, just think there's too much going on with this team. But who knows? Like I said, uh, the Colts were able to pull it off last season when they put Jeff Saturday in, and he started 1-0 and then lost every single game after that. So um, it could we could see a similar thing here because they have a lot more facilities to pull that off than the Colts did. Right. Moving, staying in the NFC East, but moving to the far better game of the day, Cowboys plus three and a half or three points in Philadelphia. 65% of the bets on the Eagles, 48% of the money on the Cowboys, giving them a 13% sharp differential towards Dallas. Before I go a little bit biased, Andy, I'll, I'll, I'll let you I'll let you speak on this one. My question for you is how expensive are tickets for this game? I know, I know you get them once a year, but I just feel like there's a little bit more hype surrounding this one for a 430 game than uh, than you might typically get. I was looking at the Eagles prices for the next couple of weeks and shit tickets are still like 350 for all of these next games. We're going into a we're going into a horrible slate where we play we play the Cowboys and we have a bye and we play the Bills, the Chiefs, the Cowboys again. We're, we're this is a tough tough slate of games for us here. So it, it's big in Philadelphia media right now of how many games can they win and how many do we need to win in order to think that we're fine for the for the number 1 seed. So this is definitely not a game the Eagles are overlooking. And I'll just say right now, I think the Cowboys are a little bit of frauds right now. I don't think they have the capacity to hang with where the Eagles stand right now. I'm very worried about Jalen Hurts' leg. And the only thing that does worry me is the uh, little bit of injuries that we're having on the offensive line. Lane Johnson did not look good in the Commanders game. Yet, now he's going to have to go up against Micah Parsons and uh, Dexter Lawrence. So... The tough spot, I think, but I I don't see a world where the Eagles lose this. Yeah, I to your concern about uh, Jalen, I, I I totally agree. I also feel that the Cowboys are frauds too, and for that and like I but I do like their defense and I love y'all's defense as well. That's why I'm surprised that everyone's betting the over. You got seventy one percent of the bets and seventy three percent of the money. On the over with twenty two or almost twenty three thousand bets in, uh, I'm going to go ahead and lock in under forty seven as an official play because yeah, I think that this good. is going to be a slugfest divisional matchup as well as some concerns around Hertz's health, some concerns around Dak, not his health. What do I say? Dak's competence and <laughs> especially big games and uh, the nature of the beast here that we do have two pretty damn good defenses going head to head and a four thirty slot. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll go with the under 47 here. I really, I really, really like this spot. Yeah, there's a lot of, I think you're seeing a, a good money percentage towards the, or a sharp differential towards the Cowboys here because there's a lot of evidence and trends backing Dak against NFC East teams, especially the Eagles. It feels like every time the Eagles get Dak, it, it, we're just in a bad spot. Last year, it was the Gardner Minshew game where we should have ended up covering and winning, but we didn't in Dallas. So, like, there's a lot of, circumstances in in these NFC East games where Dak has been able to, to just come out and beat bad Eagles teams like after the Super Bowl, the decline of Carson Wentz. So I think there's some fake trends like backing Dak against the Eagles and NFC East here. So I think I think the Eagles are going to come out to play in Philadelphia. I think in this in this slew of games, you know, that the Eagles play, they're going to go one and one against the Cowboys. I don't think they lose at home. I just don't see it, uh, especially in this spot, like about to go into their bye. They know this is a very big game. I, I don't see Nick Sirianni letting these boys lose. However, 
you know, it might be a one one or two point game. So the the number scares me. I think this is a game where the Cowboys could come out, especially if we can get three and a half. Like that's, I'm not saying the Eagles are going to cover. I, I I think they win, but I wish it was you know six and a half, and I could take it in a teaser. But it's not that. <laughs> it's not that at all. It'll be it'll be one of the fun ones to watch. So we we've got at least two or three games that are going to be good in this in this week nine slate. Well. And another game to really cap it off on Sunday night is another phenomenal game, uh, the Bills and Bengals. And I hate to see that everyone agrees with me on this one and is siding with the Bengals. But the Bengals are now to minus two or minus one and a half, depending on where you look. Uh, They have 78% of the bets and 72% of the money with 26,000 bets in. This will shift a lot. I mean, this game is going to cross 100,000 bets probably very early on into Sunday, maybe midway through the day. And this is going to get a ton of bets because of the significance of this game. This was the DeMar Hamlin game last year that got canceled. So there's a lot of speculation around this game in general. Uh, the total is super high. One of our highest of the week started at 46 and a half, but went up to 49 and a half with everyone slamming the over. I mean, holy shit, guys. Uh, this is a prime time under, guys. That's like prime time total. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> prime time unders uh, here. <laughs> 83% of the bets, 92% of the money, and everyone's slamming the Bengals' money line, too, for what it's worth. Uh, I don't even care, dude. I like the Bengals. I think the Bills are a little bit fraudulent this year. I think that and I, I, I think that uh, we called that out a little bit towards the beginning of the season, too, that there are some lapses for this team. The Bengals, as they always seem to do, like, what's up with the slow starts for these guys, and now they're starting to fire on all cylinders? I know the Niners were a bit banged up, but the Bengals look really solid, and I think this is going to be a really interesting one i'm not yet going to lock it in for the sole reason of what's going on here with all the trends that everyone agrees with me and everyone's just slamming the over maybe this is a nice under spot for us maybe we wait for it to see for the under to start with a five because it's going to get to that point where it's thursday now and it's already moved three points so that total might hit a five and then uh, i'll be taking the under on that but what do you see here Deej? yeah i'm with you i like the Bengals as well i think the Bengals are on an up you know, upswing the the bills are on on a downturn right now. You're it's the Bengals at home. While I I I said it last week on the pod, I was like, if I'd be very surprised if the Bengals went in and, and beat the Niners in Santa Clara, and they did just that. They went in and held them, and Brock Purdy didn't look great. I think this is a great spot for Cincinnati to to stay hot and really assert their dominance again after people kind of were like, hey, this team is gone, starting zero and three, right? So I wouldn't say they're back. I think. Their defense still has a lot of questions to answer, which is why you're seeing so many bets towards the over. However, I think with where their offense stands and how well they're managing games and the inconsistencies of Josh Allen, where it looks like he's God or he looks like Mac Jones, like there's no in-between. And that's what Buffalo's been wanting. They've been wanting some a, a little bit of consistency out of Josh Allen. And he's going through the, the, the slate where it's like, at this point, I don't know how you can back this Bills team. I, I don't hate them in a teaser, although the the total being very high just kind of throws that away for me. I think the Bengals are a better team than the Bills right now, and that's what matters on Sunday night. This is there's a lot of history in this game. This is gonna be a tough battle. This is this is a battle for the AFC, you know, supremacy to to be behind the 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 Chiefs. So the Bengals need this game, I think, more than the Bills, and that says a lot, especially in today's NFL. The total is insane. You know, today's NFL seeing near fifty is is wild to see it continue to go up. Doesn't surprise me. However, the Bengals' defense is terrible. 
the Bills defense is fine, but they're still going to get there. Bills defense is also so not great, man. I really am not a huge fan they, of Bills defense. Right now, yeah, they they've got a lot of injuries, so I don't I don't hate the the over. Although, I mean, we've talked about it. You know, maybe at this point of the season, we should start backing the public back in these heavy overs. But <laughs> I don't know if I can do it here, especially in a in a in a prime time game. So, yeah, I like the Bengals with lean you. Under. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Heavily I like lean under, heavily lean, and then uh, lean Bengals. Cool. Moving into Monday nights, we've got Chargers plus three in MetLife Stadium against the Jets. 74% of the bets on New York, 90% of the money. Why are the Chargers in primetime again? <laughs> like, what Agreed. have they done? Yeah. What have Agreed. they done to go primetime? Same with the Jets. I mean, I get I, I get it. I mean, I I know they make these these schedules beforehand that we had would have been Aaron Rodgers versus Justin Herbert. This could have been way better. But now at this point in the season, it's like, oh, God, what the hell are well, we doing? If we're talking about primetime here, like, I think it's worth noting that for the Week 10 Sunday night game, they have an opportunity. Sunday night football, you can flex. They have the right to flex a game. They missed their deadline. We are going to have to watch Jets and Raiders on Sunday night football next weekend <laughs> because <laughs> NBC the missed their deadline and didn't, didn't flex it. Yeah, it's awful. It, it's a joke. It's like it's like Monday Night Football. Agreed, you can't fix that. It's already on the schedule. But like some of these Sunday Night ones, thank God we finally got a good one with uh, the Bengals and the Bills. Now, now we have like this game on Monday Night and then that game on Sunday Night. We got to sit down and watch the Jets at nighttime two weeks in a row. Yeah, as well as the Raiders. The Raiders have so many primetime games. Why? For no reason. <laughs> I don't get that at all. Oh uh, my God. Game wise, I mean. I don't. I never like backing road favorites, but the Jets, like, it feels like they beat these crazy teams, like the Eagles and the Chiefs. Well, they played well against the Chiefs and and the Bills, and they just can't play well against these these other teams. And the Chargers have a phenomenal offense with healthier and healthier Justin Herbert. They looked great against a, ba- a bad Bears defense. I think this is a good spot to to back a road favorite, which is is rare, honestly, for, in my opinion. And the public loves the Jets. I'm not sure why. I, the Chargers offense is far, far superior to this Jets offense. And yes, the Jets defense is better and the Chargers defense sucks. But at the end of the day, if this game ends up going to be a shootout, even though the total set at 40, I would much rather have Justin Herbert than, than Zach Wilson. I'm with you. I think that there's like just for how mid the Jets are there's like so much hype around this team because of what they've been able to do the last couple of games and they have a winning record without Aaron Rodgers they have a winning record right it's four and three yeah yeah I think so <laughs> it's, it's like there's way too much hype around this team for what it actually is and I I don't understand how the spread is moving in favor of the Chargers despite everyone betting the Jets too there's a lot of reverse line movement this week which is interesting I think that's something to monitor even closer on Sunday when there's a lot more bets to reflect on and see if the reverse line movement is true. But so far, we've named like four games now that there's been reverse line movement, and this is one of them on the spread. Um, I don't mind the under. I don't mind it at all. It seems like a lot of people agree with me with 75% of the bets and 95% of the money. Total went from 43 to 40 now. And I think if I'm going to take a side, I lean Chargers. I- I'm with you. I don't really give a shit about the Jets' current form. The Chargers' offense is still, uh, even though it's it's shown um, it's shown that it's not as good as we think it is. It is still good though. Like I took the only bet that I won last week was Herbert over passing yards. <laughs> <So> like, <laughs> You're with the Chargers. You've got them down. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I, I still trust this team offensively, and I think the Jets' defense is being a little bit overblown because they haven't played anybody. And now they're actually getting a competent offense. So we'll see what Zach Wilson does. I've thought about putting him in a spot start in my dynasty team because I need a super flex quarterback right now just because the Chargers' defense is that bad. So we'll see if he, we'll see if he can. But then again, I mean, uh, I took the Bears against the Chargers last week thinking that the Bears would be able to take advantage of them. They only got 10 points. Yeah, I got to I got to flex Will Levis in off my taxi squad this week. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Hey, welcome to the big leagues, Will. Welcome. <laughs> That's super exciting. You didn't need me yeah. to trade you Baker after all. You held nope. out and you were rewarded. <laughs> yes, exactly. Didn't need to give up the two seconds. Yeah, the Jets have a better record than the Chargers. The Chargers, if they lose, will be three and five. Do you fire Staley if you start three and five? He's just, yes, you do. He's just as bad as Josh McDaniels, and this is a game that they need to win on the road if they want to stay any what relevant. Like, I love Herbert. I've I've bet him to to win the MVP a couple of years ago, but he just has never had a defense that's willing enough, like that's good enough to to keep them in games. And you know, he he goes out, throws one pick in the first eight games, and still gets rewarded with three wins. Like it's insane. I don't know if he's only had one pick, but it feels like that. So. I like the Chargers, but we'll see what happens come Sunday. This is another one that I, I'm going to wait because I'm surprised that so much money and public are back in the Jets here. But I get it as a home dog. I, re- I really do. So, Yeah, uh, I, I, I do as well. But at the same time, I don't see a world. That, and I, I know this is shitty analysis, but just me as a fan, I don't see a world where the Chargers start 3-5 and five and the Jets are 5-3 and three with no Aaron Rodgers. It just doesn't seem right. And I know that um, I back the Bears off of logic that the Chargers defense is bad. I just feel like the Jets have around the same type of offensive uh, weapons to give the to give Zach Wilson as the Bears have to give Bajent, and they weren't able to do it. So maybe the Chargers defense is figuring out. Maybe they're just good against shitty teams. I'd rather back the, the side that's good against a shitty team. And if if people keep betting Jets, maybe we'll get a gift here and the hook will go away. We get Chargers minus three. That's when I would love to lock it in. I don't want to right now just because of the hook. And with everyone going one side, Vegas is either comfortable saying, yeah, we'll take the Chargers. They're going to win by more than uh, four, point, four points or more. Right. Or the spread will move and we get a better line. And that's what when you get rewarded for waiting. So we'll see what happens. But uh, I lean Chargers pretty heavy. Cool. Thank you guys for listening. This is our breakdown of week nine in the NFL. It's been fun. Andy and I have been on the opposite side of a lot of these games. And it'll be a fun. I'm a little bit nervous. I was good. I was excited for last week. It was bad with 16 games. And maybe now that I'm a bit nervous, I'll do a little bit better. But hopefully you can hit a bit of a recoil here too, Andy. So hopeful for a bunch of good stuff here at happyhoursports.net. But as always, you can check out our articles as always on happyhoursports.net for NFL, NBA, is ramping up. We've got NHL ramping up as well. College football is always. And then of course the prelim and Pilsner's podcast, or is it Pilsner's and prelims? prelims. <laughs> Pilsner's <laughs> and prelims podcast. I know. Again, I made the name and I still forget it, but that's how catchy it is. That's how you know it's good. Um, yeah. We just got done recording for uh UFC Sao Paulo last night. You will see that. Well, that'll be out by the time this podcast comes out. So should be out here. Uh, our folks that live on the, west coast will be able to see it tonight the night that but that doesn't matter because by the time that this releases on friday uh it'll already be out for everyone to listen so 
definitely go give us go check us out. We previewed every single fight on that card, besides the one that uh, got nixed with Elvis Brenner, where he got a different opponent. As well as be sure to check us out for hockey content. I know DJ touched on it, but uh, we've got three dedicated hockey writers now on the site, and they are super fired up about hockey being back. And they're writing some cool pieces. It's not just betting stuff. There's a lot of opinion stuff on there too, where I feel like uh, if you guys go and read their stuff and want to chime in too, definitely find them on Twitter and and where they post a lot of their content and join that conversation. So couldn't be more excited about what's going on to your point, Deej. And uh, couldn't be more excited to bounce back in week nine either. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. I'm excited to get into it. So thank you guys for listening. As always, we are here on Sharp on the Public every Tuesday and Friday, recapping and previewing NFL weeks. Thank you for listening we will catch you next time and thank you for checking us out on youtube keep good we keep getting us some some support we're getting a few subscribers here and there so thank you to everyone on youtube we appreciate you and hopefully we can keep on winning for you so cheers guys the boys bet better with beer thank you so much for listening to this episode of sharpen the public a lot of effort goes into this and everything we do at happy hour sports so we would really appreciate it if you would follow rate and most importantly share the podcast Share it with someone who needs to be sharpened because I know those people are everywhere. Thank you again, and we'll see you in the next one.